Welcome to Book Delight with Chrissy Wright, the podcast where readers can be all kinds of ways and books really are magic. I'm your host, Chrissy Wright. I'm an elementary teacher librarian in the Pacific Northwest. On this show, I aim to connect you and the kids in your life to more books you love. If the idea of blowing up your kidlit TBR appeals to you, you're in the right place. This month, we are doing something a little different on the show. Instead of following our usual format of a deep dive, a book list, a My Kid Needs a Book episode, and a Reading Raves episode, we are going to do a whole month of favorites. For each episode this month, I will be sharing my very favorites of the year category by category. Today, we will kick things off with my very favorite picture books of the year. We will also do a handful of favorite short chapter books. Next week, we'll talk about middle grade and graphic novels. The third week of December, I will share my favorite kids nonfiction and my favorite grown-up reads of the year because, yes, I read those too. Then the last week of the month and the first week of January, we will take a short break before coming back for all the kidlit talk in 2024. I have 10 titles for you today and a lot to say while I gush about each of them, so let's get into it. I am sharing my 10 favorite picture books of the year in alphabetical order. It was already painful enough getting my list down to just 10. I could not face doing a ranked order. I love each of these deeply and differently. They have varying strengths, and each one is the just right book for a different kid. Please note that this list is not comprehensive. While I read a great many picture books, I do not read them all. A mission from this list doesn't mean it wasn't great. It might mean that it was good but not my favorite, or that I just haven't read it yet. I know there are fantastic picture books that are currently languishing in the purgatory of my own personal library holds list. I haven't gotten to experience them yet, and I might even fall head over heels when I do. But these caveats aside, I love end of your lists, not for their perfection, but because they help me to discover gems that I might have missed during the year. So I hope that this list can do that for you. That is part of the magic of talking about books on the internet, right? Learning from the loves of others and getting to share our loves too. If you follow me on Instagram at librarychrissy or subscribe to my monthly Kidlet newsletter at librarychrissy.substack.com, you may have heard me talk about some of these titles earlier in the year. I am elevating them again here because these are the titles that have really endured in my mind as being truly fantastic. The ones that I'm going to be reaching to and recommending again and again for just years to come. So if you heard me talk about a title earlier in the year and you have not gotten the chance to pick it up yet, this will be your nudge to do so. Here they are. The first book I want to share with you today is 100 Mighty Dragons All Named Broccoli by David LaRochelle and illustrated by Leanne Cho. This is a concept counting book, but make it a party. 
In this story, we meet a literal 100 dragons living on a mountaintop. And yes, they are all named Broccoli. In this story, a series of madcap events is just perpetually changing the number of dragons. So readers are giggling at the fates that befall the dragons, while also doing some really agile mental math to keep up with just how many dragons are left. The strengths here are the bold, fiery color palette and the humor of what happens to the dragons along the way. We've got everything from a windstorm to a voyage to become surfers in Hawaii. Yes, that means surfing dragons to a quest to New York City to form a metal band. The other showstopper here is the laugh out loud surprise ending. This would be a fun read aloud for primary classroom teachers celebrating the 100th day of school or a fun way to bring math and number sense into reading for any classroom. That was 100 Mighty Dragons, all named Broccoli, by David LaRochelle and Leanne Cho. Okay, my next favorite picture book is Dim Sum Palace by X Fong. This is the weirdo retelling of the night kitchen that you did not know you needed. It is delicious and surreal and gently dark, but with a peaceful ending. If you have a kid whose comedic sensibility would love the idea of another kid being eaten by the empress, you need this book. Let me tell you a little more. In this story, protagonist Liddy is so excited about going to eat dim sum with her family tomorrow that she can't sleep. So when a scrumptious smell drifts into her bedroom, she is all too happy to hop out of bed and investigate. She then finds herself in a surreal dim sum palace of sorts. Awesome. But then she tumbles into a bowl of dumpling filling, which is not awesome. Read to find out how Liddy's adventure ends. This book is dreamy and surreal and funny, and it's also a really warm celebration of food and family and culture. If you are generally curious about picture book debuts that have absolutely knocked it out of the park, you don't want to miss this one. That was Dim Sum Palace by X Fong. Okay, my next favorite picture book of the year is Dinosaurs Don't Exist by Mark Jansen. This one is a showstopper from the second you lay eyes on it because if it's larger than your average picture book size and it's jewel-toned palette. When you pick it up, it gets even bigger because it has these huge and marvelous foldouts that really heighten the feeling of being on an adventure in the story. In this book, two brothers embark on a dinosaur hunt. We've kind of got a going on a bear hunt vibe, but make it a dinosaur hunt instead. Now, the story takes the hunt concept and elevates it, though, because the reader quickly discovers that they know more than the characters do. We have a kaleidoscopic adventure in perspective of sorts. Throughout the hunt, the boys are in fact hiking across or under or through these giant dinosaurs, but they don't realize it. 
the reader does. If you have a reader who likes dinosaurs, adventure stories, or knowing more than the characters, you need this book. It takes some really well-traveled tropes of kidlet, like dinosaurs or this hunt story, and makes them really fresh and smart and fun with just the right drop of scary. This one really surprised me when I discovered it, and I have not stopped thinking about it since. That was Dinosaurs Don't Exist by Mark Jansen. The next favorite picture book of the year is Evergreen by Matthew Cordell. This is a picture book that captured my heart early in the year. It was released way back in February, and it has stayed there all year long. In some ways, this one also defies picture book conventions. It's kind of a short chapter book in picture book format with a picture book trim size. It has a much higher word count than we typically see in picture books that are being published in the current market, as well as a higher page count. But this rule-breaking really works in the story's favor, and the larger size really gives the art room to spread out and help carry the story. In this story, Evergreen the Squirrel is sent on a mission to deliver soup to her ailing granny. (laughs) Little red vibes much? But to do so, she has to cross the forest. Now, there are some scary things in the forest, and Evergreen, well, she gets scared pretty easily. You get to follow her as she encounters and then conquers all kinds of obstacles along the way and buckle up for one heck of a surprise ending. If you have readers who love cozy stories with a classical feel or love rooting for an underdog protagonist, you need this book. A fun bonus here is the playful case cover art, too. That's the art on the physical cover of the book underneath the dust jacket. The case cover on this one has a map of Buckthorn Forest. My first grade son loves to take the dust jacket off and then use that case cover art to retell Evergreen's story as he traces the map with his fingers or as he makes up his own stories or adventures. It's just a really lovely touch on an already delightful book. That was Evergreen by Matthew Cordell. The next picture book I want to make sure you hear about today is How Does Santa... Go Down the Chimney by Super Team Mac Barnett and John Clausen. Is this podcast a Mac Barnett and John Clausen fan pod? No, but also, yes. This is the latest collaboration from this super team who brought us beloved backlist favorites like Extra Yarn, Sam and Dave Dig a Hole, and The Three Billy Goats Scruff. This, their latest collaboration, is a slam dunk. The book takes that timeless question kids have been rightfully asking for a long time and turns it into the deadpan list poem of my dreams. I love how Barnett puts the realistic and the ridiculous side by side in the text. Clausen then brings some of his signature moves to the art. We have a dark color palette that's perfect for the nighttime setting of Santa's Christmas Eve shenanigans and deadpan character expressions for the reindeer and Santa with those classic Clausen eyes. 
My personal favorite illustration is this sneaky panel where Santa has a little bit of a plumber butt situation happening because, you know, Santa has real people problems too. My kids especially love the page where Santa is kind of droplet size and is trickling from a sink. This one has earned a beloved spot in our family Christmas collection while also smashing beyond the expectations of a seasonal or holiday book to be a standout of the whole year for me. That was How Does Santa Go Down the Chimney by Mac Barnett and John Clausen. Okay, we are jamming along here. Let's keep it going. The next picture book on my list for you today is Invisible Things by Andy J. Pizza and Sophie Miller. This book is kind of hard to talk about because it brings together a lot of elements in one gentle joy party of a book. At its core, it is a concept book exploring the invisible forces that impact the way kids experience the world, from emotions to the temperature to maybe a funky smell. In some ways, it's a Richard Scary-esque busy town book for emotions and other things because the authors have created abstract, colorful representations for all of these invisible things and then laid them out in a labeled matrix style on the page. So kids can go across the matrix and identify what each one represents. Sometimes they're invited to choose their own categorization or sometimes there's a label provided for the image. This book also breaks the fourth wall asking kids questions throughout. This kind of snaps them out of their role as a passive page turner and really compels them inside the conceptual storytelling of the book. They become active. The questions throughout would also make this a fabulous conversation starter for classroom or maybe a school counselor context. Two things that made this book really stand out for me are the bright, just energy of the art. Look at the book cover or take a look at Andy's Instagram at Andy J Pizza for an immediate sense of just that happy, playful feeling in the art. And the way that it stands out from other SEL books we've seen lately. SEL means social emotional learning. I think the trend of SEL books has been a huge detriment to the children's publishing market in recent years. While a core selection are fantastic and necessary and compelling, they have spawned this wave of books that are so didactic and flat, more reflections of adult impulses than compelling acts of storytelling. This book brings back the core of why it can be a good thing for a book to lead kids through noticing their emotions while still being fresh and playful and funny and so good. Like Dim Sum Palace, this was another picture book debut that just absolutely killed it. That was Invisible Things by Andy J. Pizza and Sophie Miller. Okay, the next picture book on my list is Stickler Loves the World by Lane Smith. If you asked me to describe a picture book that will make my top 10 of the year, I would not tell you. 
that one of my favorites would be mostly brown, or that it would be about a ball of sticks, or that it would have a front cover that on site makes kids scream, what is that? But Stickler Loves the World does all three of these things, and I adore it. This one passed the read aloud test in my elementary library with flying colors. I read it aloud with over 300 kids in first through fourth grade, and it was a raucous delight with all of them. If you, like me, are a fellow theater kid turned school librarian, this book is for you. It really needs the full theater kid treatment. If you go in with voices ready and all the gusto you can muster, you will have so much fun. I mentioned this before, but every class I read this to gasped from the second they laid eyes on the cover. Who was this stickler? What was stickler? Was this book creepy or cute? They had so many questions, so much intrigue. They were in. In the story that unfolds, a stick creature named Stickler gives a, maybe alien, a tour of all the things it loves best about our weird and wonderful planet. Now, Stickler has got range in what they love. They love everything from moss to maple syrup, and their enthusiasm for what they love goes to an 11. During the read-aloud experience, kids love being in on the secret of who that maybe alien character is. They figure it out on the first few spreads, but Stickler doesn't know yet. And the story made kind of the perfect on-ramp for discussing the differences and what gives each of us that Stickler feeling of just unabashed bliss. So we talked about how we can hunt down that feeling both in life and on the page. This one is going on my all-time favorite read-aloud list. If you tend to like my weird and funny recommendations, you don't want to miss this one. That was Stickler Loves the World by Lane Smith. Okay, the next favorite that I want to tell you about today is 10-word tiny tales to inspire and unsettle by Joseph Coelho and more than 20 different artists. The subtitle alone, Tales to Inspire and Unsettle, gives you a sense of the dissonance that makes this book so engaging. It both inspires kids to write and tell stories of their own, while also creeping them out in a good way. In Kidlet, you wouldn't usually say that an inspirational book is also a creepy one, but the kids love the combo, and so do I. Is it possible to tell a story in just 10 words? This book shows yes. It is a collection of the shortest short stories you will ever read, where the art does more storytelling and poses more questions than those 10 words could on their own. Part of what makes this book so delicious is the range of tones that the stories summon. One page turn might be charming, another terrifying. One page might be gently weird but kind of intriguing, then the next might raise questions of mortal peril. Reading this book aloud earned a rare miracle in the library. It got a standing ovation 
from fifth graders. Author Coelho invites kids to tell their own story, departing from one of the 10-word tales, or you could have kids write 10-word tales of their own. We did this in my library, and they came up with some really great stuff. That was 10-word tiny tales to inspire and unsettle by Joseph Coelho and company. My next favorite picture book to tell you about today is... The Welcome Home by Amy June Bates. A volunteer in my library brought this book to her shift and gently pressed it to my hand, saying, have you seen this one? I think you'd like it. I was intrigued, and I snuck a moment to preview it between classes, and I am so glad I did because it came crashing onto my list of favorites for the year. As a side note, let's take a quick moment to acknowledge how truly fantastic library volunteers are. I could not run my program without them, and it is also the most delightful way to get to know fellow book lovers in my school community. So volunteers who are listening here, thank you, I love you, and it wouldn't be possible without you. Okay, back to the book. On my first reading, from the moment I hit the name of the main characters... Mr. and Ms. Gargleson Biddle, I was sold. From the gleeful name choices for both the humans and the many animals in the story, to the raucous predictions and equally raucous disappointments your readers will make with each page turn, this book is just a treat. In this story, the Gargleson Biddles are lonely and in search of a wagging, licking, fetch-playing companion. A dog, maybe? or so your readers will suspect. Delight then in their misadventures as they welcome animal after animal, not dogs, and more absurd by the page. Readers will then rejoice at the satisfying ending, but just have so much fun along the way. It is rare for a book to feel both raucous and cozy, but this one pulls it off. That was The Welcome Home by Amy June Bates. All right, the next picture book I want to tell you about today, and it is the last one on our list, is What If One Day by Bruce Handy and Ashley Karen. I discovered this one from a New York Times article by Mac Barnett called Mac Barnett Has Nothing to Talk About. You will notice that a couple of titles from my list today are also featured in that article. It is just generally a treat to hear Mac's perspective on what makes picture books great and his playful tone in the discussion. I will put a link to the article in the show notes so you can read it if you haven't already. So when I read the article, I immediately put the books I hadn't read yet on hold, and lucky me, this one was among them. This is a question and answer book of sorts, posing queries about what would happen if core things in our world were to disappear. It asks, what if one day all the birds flew away, or there were no more bugs, or no more day and night? Now, from just the questions alone, this book might sound too philosophical or maybe preachy, But the magic comes in the answers. Handy weaves together the thoughtful and the absurd. That juxtaposition, paired with Corinne's sunny and joyful art, makes this book so playful and so satisfying. 
I truly fell in love when I hit the worm page. You'll have to read it to experience it for yourself. To me, this book really feels like a mashup of Ross Gay's Book of Delights with the picture book, Layla's Happiness. It is no surprise that this book brought Layla's Happiness to mind because Ashley Corinne illustrated both. I am looking forward to reading this one aloud at my library as an Earth Day pick. Several of the questions in the book cause kids to consider the emission of many things from the natural world, then lands on this jubilant affirmation that yes, they do exist in our big, beautiful world. That sense of treasuring nature will just be a great fit for Earth Day. That was What If One Day by Bruce Handy and Ashley Karen. So that rounds out my 10 favorite picture books of 2023 as of the time of this recording. In putting together this list, I noticed some themes and connections between my picks, and I thought it would be fun to share those with you too. So here they are. Two of my picks are especially cozy with a more classical storytelling sensibility. Those picks are Evergreen and The Welcome Home. Though very different in tone, two of my picks resound with a sense of delight at the natural world. Those books are Stickler Loves the World and What If One Day. Two of my picks have surreal elements that play with perspective. Those are Dim Sum Palace and Dinosaurs Don't Exist. Two of my picks have a surprise ending of sorts. That's 100 Mighty Dragons, all named Broccoli and Evergreen. And this was the biggest surprise to me. Four are not traditional narratives. They are more list-style explorations of questions or concepts that bring together side-by-side the earnest and the absurd. I just loved that kind of book this year. Those four are What If One Day, How Does Santa Go Down the Chimney, Ten Word Tiny Tales, and Invisible Things. So I hope you found a new-to-you gem on my list of favorite picture books this year. Now we're going to talk briefly about my favorite short chapter books. When I was preparing for this episode and reviewing my 2023 reading through the lens of short chapter books, I came up with a shorter list of titles that I really deeply love in a way that I can tell I will be recommending them for years to come. Certainly not enough to fill a whole top 10. But perhaps my very favorite book of the year is in this category, so they still need their moment in the sun. I have also mentioned or discussed these at length more recently on the show during our chapter book deep dive episodes. That was episodes 13 through 16. So as a result, rather than discussing them in depth again here, I will share the four titles with kind of a quick logline or a standout impression. So without further ado, my four favorite short chapter books of 2023 are, first, Dory Phantasmagory, Can't Live Without You by Abby Hanlon. Can a book about Mozart and death be the most giddy delight you have on the page this year? Yes. Yes, it can. With Dory, all things are possible. 
Second book, The Apartment House on Poppy Hill by Nina LaCour. Think Eloise vibes, but make it an apartment building. Bonus, this book also boasts really lovely incidental LGBTQ representation. Third book, The Story of Gumlock the Wizard by Adam Rex. A lady raven with a whole lot of swagger narrates an underdog cozy fantasy adventure. This one is for fans of books with a lot of voice. And fourth and final, it wouldn't be Chrissy's favorites if she weren't still shouting about The Skull by John Clausen. Otilla is the baddest badass in all of Kidlet. I have said it before and I'll say it again. This book is oh so creepy and oh so sweet and oh, I love it so much. That combo is a good thing. Otilla forever. That concludes today's favorites episode. You are leaving today with 10 picture books and four short chapter books that I hope will delight you and the kids in your life. I would love to hear which of the books I discussed today that you decide to pick up and end up loving or which books you adored this year that I did not mention and you want to recommend. The best places to join me in that discussion are on Instagram or on my Substack. Be sure to come back next week for my favorite middle grade and graphic novels of 2023 and the week following for my favorite kids nonfiction and my favorite grown-up reads. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you love the show and want to help spread the word, I would love it if you could share the show with a kid-lit-loving friend or share it on social media and tag me so we can connect. If you want more book delight in your life from me, Chrissy, the best place to connect with me is on Instagram at Library Chrissy. You can also follow the show at Book Delight Pod and subscribe to my free monthly Kidlet newsletter by visiting librarychrissy.substack.com. If you enjoy the show and want to support it financially, the best way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber on Substack. A roaring thank you to the folks here who have already done that. For $7 a month, you are helping to make the show possible and also receive a weekly Friday treat from me in your inbox. As always, but especially at this cozy time of year, thank you for listening and happy reading.